Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. pastor's going to be preaching today about giving and uh, he's asked uh, a few of us to sort of share our testimony and you know as many of you know I didn't grow up in church in fact I had a very uh, negative view of what church was and the the people of God and what they were and, and what they represented. But thank God that later in life I grew up, amen, and somebody told the truth to me, amen. And I can remember when I was in college, obviously not having any, any idea about what giving was, no idea about what tithing was, no idea about what it meant to, as I spoke on this morning, love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, with all thy strength. No idea about what any of that meant. But as I begin to, to learn more and dive more into his word with uh, Brother Golden, Brother Alton Golden, you've heard me mention his name numerous times, uh, an elderly, an elder in the church in Tallahassee, uh, dear friend of mine still, in fact, we call him Grandpa and Grandma Golden uh, because they just loved on us so much. But I can remember that one semester in particular, I have two, two pieces of this. One semester in particular, I had to take 19 uh, credit hours because of some bad counseling that I received from my, my, uh, my uh, advisor, my educational advisor. And so to catch up, I had to add two or three more courses to my, to my load. And in doing that, see, I gave not only in my finances, but in my time. In doing that, though, it meant some long nights studying, trying to keep up with all that work, you know, full time is what, 12 hours, you know, so I had seven additional hours of workloads. So a lot, it was a lot of work, but I maintained my faithfulness to the house of God. I maintained my faithfulness to the work of God. I was there every Wednesday. I was there and pastor can testify of this. He was our youth pastor at the time. I was there every Sunday. I didn't miss one service. So I gave of the Lord in my time. And don't you know that semester was my best semester with all of the work that 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 was given to me uh, because of that that bad educational counseling uh, the Lord blessed and I ended the semester with a 4.0 and I really do attribute that to my staying staying faithful first of all knowing and trusting that God's going to stay faithful to me right now this is this now you got to understand I'm, I'm an I'm an infant in my spiritual walk right and sometimes those are the best ones amen they truly believe what God has said, amen. We get a little jaded when we get a little older in our spiritual age, but but I, I fully believe that God would bless, and he did. He gave me a 4.0. The, the second time, the second type of giving that we sort of gave ourselves to was obviously of tithes and offering. Now, again, my wife and I were married in 2008, still college students. I won't even tell you what our annual income was. It was non-existent. 
It was non-existent. But we gave our two mites. <laughs> we gave our two mites. And there was a, one summer in particular where we, I, I mean, I don't, I'm sure you remember this, but we didn't know where food was coming from, where, you know, where drink was coming from. Well, we drank water from the water fountain then, but, but we didn't know where any of this other stuff was coming from. And that summer, God just blessed Sister Golden and Brother Golden to such a degree that I, I can't explain it to you. Every, I mean, they only invited us over maybe three times that summer, but with all the leftovers that they had. Guys, we ate the entire summer until the fall semester began and we could get our financial aid and all that money start, we were rich then, I don't let dough start rolling in. But we gave, we gave what we had and the Lord provided. You know, you wanna talk about food being multiplied. I mean, I, to this day, when I think about what God did for us, it was truly, truly a miracle, truly a miracle. And he did it just for us. Why? Because we stayed faithful to our giving, not only in the giving of our time, but in the giving of our tithes and our offering. Praise God. Let's all stand. We sh everyone in this room shares a, a, a commonality, and that is we've all been blessed by God. <clears throat> the fact you're standing in here is proof that you've been blessed by God. The, the gasoline in your vehicle, I, I want you to know you may have physically pumped it in there, but I promise you the finances and the strength in your body came from God. We're all here because of God, and I want to continue and really end end my um, series. I felt like ending it during our main worship service, and because I, I don't want to be uh, the the topic of giving is something that we as a church need to grasp and really adopt and and choose to be our culture. And I want the church to understand that there are missionaries that we uh, do our best to to help uh, help with and and goals that we have for this church to grow. Vision is another one. It's a big goal of ours is to put together funds to buy a church property that we can continue to do what we're doing right now and that's growing and expanding but it, it starts with culture yeah. it starts with saying you know what I I, I, I want to put God first and I don't want to give grudgingly I don't want to give of necessity right. but I want to give from a purposed heart a cheerful giver and that was my opening text here in 2 Corinthians uh, 9 and 7 man every man according as he has purposeth in his heart so let him give and that's the type of way I want my church to give I've heard it said um, probably a million times that churches are a reflection of their pastor and I want to be a giving pastor I want to be a pastor who sees the value in his kingdom I want to see a pastor who sees the value in the harvest I want to see uh, uh, I want to be a pastor who's not rooted in the love of money who loves God's miraculous hand and his work and if I can just transfer that to this church and our church to be that way, I promise you, you're going to be greatly blessed. You'll hear from another individual in this church on what, what giving means to them, but and I, I'll probably share if we have time on, on what God has done for this church uh, specifically, but I do want to talk a little bit more on what scripture says. And before we go any further, and this is of course our last 
Our last uh, message and lesson uh, on on this uh, on this type of giving, the purpose heart. I wanted to end it, and again, like I said in our worship service, uh, I'm 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 encouraged by our praise team. Man, they, uh, woo! I had to I had to unloosen my tie because I was sweaty. I usually don't do that until I get up here and preach, you know. And so I said, I'm going to come up here looking like a slob. That's all right. I'm grateful for their worship team and and their level of praise that they that they transferred to this church, and so I'm and, and I thank God. I love that song and I uh, appreciate them taking song requests from their pastor. And but um, I want us to go to God together in unison, and I want God to bless us and and, and strengthen us as we pray to Him and pray that God again. I've I've asked this when I kicked this series off. There was something different about the church in Berea. You know, they weren't like the church in Thessalonica. They, the, the church in Berea had a readiness of mind. They were so hungry for God. They were so thirsty for his word. They were so, they were so inquisitive of what scripture said, that the Bible said that really because of their readiness of mind, they searched the scripture. They, they, they had some of the, the greatest revival there in, the, in that in that church. So much different than the church that Paul walked away from and, and to, to minister. And, and I want to be that church. I'm ready for what God has for me. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads together. Dear God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your powerful presence. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, God, for your touch, your grace, your abundant mercy. God, there is no one like you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for the spirit and the power we felt uh, from the beginning of, of, of today. God, I thank you, Lord, from the lesson that the powerful lesson we heard, God, through through your minister, God. I thank you, Lord, for the, the powerful presence, God, we've we felt as we entertained you with our worship and praise. But now, God, I pray, speak to our hearts and encourage us, Lord. Let this word find root, find its place in the soil, God. Let me be good soil today. I pray, help me, your preacher, your teacher today. We thank you. And in your name we pray, in Jesus' name name. Amen and amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. High five somebody before you're seated. Scripture references tithing, of course, and we discuss that. Sometimes when we get into these series, these these lessons, we think that that's that's really all we're talking about. And I love what Brother Matman started this this lesson off with his testimony, expressing how important it is to give of your time. Amen. Time is that commodity that we cannot purchase. Right. Time is that 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 thing that we cannot grow. Time is is something that we all desire to have, but uh, are really are, is borrowed, if I could put it that way. It is not ours to handle. It is not ours to really do what we want with all the time. But uh, time is something that we can submit to God. And I, I loved how he uh, made the point that he was an infant in his walk with God, but yet he trusted God and trusted the works. And and I at Malachi, we talked about that in our last lesson. Malachi really brings a, a, if I could put it this way, a bullhorn to the people. And he speaks with the authority of God and he says, prove me. And that's exactly what I'm asking us as a church is to prove God. 
Try God. If you need help, if you need strength, try God. He's here to be proved. He's here to be proved more than just financial blessings, but in giving of yourself and of your time, of your muchness, as I learned this morning, God's going to pay back, give back. I I love how God is. I love the scripture, how it talks about the first fruits. And those first fruits was the thing that came, that, that bore. It was the first part of the crops. It was, if you could put it this way, has anyone gardened in here before? Has anyone maybe grown tomatoes? How many of you, maybe peppers? And you were excited for that moment. You saw budding starting to take place. You were excited for the moment that the color began to take place on that fruit or vegetable that you were so thirsting to taste of. There's an anticipation that comes with that first grown crop, that first, that first seed that, that takes root and, and begins to grow and begins to flourish out. And we all have plans. You know, if you're, if you're a tomato gardener, I'm sure a, a, a mean pasta is in your future. If you, you know, if you are like my family who likes that Mexican food, I'm, my mom, I'm sure it's going to be spicy. The salsa is going to hit different. So I, all of us have plans for the crop, but we see in scripture that there's a thing called the first fruit that we give to God. This first fruit type of giving, it was an act of honor to God. This type of gift means that you're not in love with money. You're not in love with the thing that is growing. This type of offering isn't really given every service and brought in every time. It's the type of gift that is given, if I could put it this way, periodically. It is given from the time that the crop takes root and it, and it develops and, and the anticipation and the plans, the, the personal will that you have, right? The, the idea, I, I think it's kind of funny. I did not plan it. Me and Joe Biden did not get on the phone together and say, hey, listen, I want you to re- release the stimulus about the time I'm teaching this giving plan. Some of you are just scratching your head and saying, it's very interesting your timing right now. Let the Lord lead you. Giving is one of those things here we see here. It's not about saying, you know what, I need to add five more inches to my 65 inch. It's not about that. It's, it's about saying, God, I honor you above everything else. Amen. That I'm not in love in this. First Timothy would say it this way in 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yeah. That's what you are expected to receive if you fall in love with money. If you fall in love with those finances and those types of things that, that bring you I'm, let's just go ahead and pause here, and I'm going to be uh, bring truth to you here. And I, they, they say that that uh, love can't buy happiness. That's the biggest lie ever. It is. How many of you are happy when you bought something for yourself? Yeah. How many of you women saw a pair of shoes that you liked and said that made me happy? And I used money to get those. I used money that 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 was there. I, my wife always has that type of money. I don't know where she gets it, but she has that happiness money, if I could put it that way. Where she comes home, she, she came home yesterday with the girls, and uh, again, I've seen new new bags, and I didn't bother to look into them. I've just come to a place to leave her happiness alone. 
But there's that lie that love doesn't buy happiness is, is false. But I tell you what, love can also, the love of money can also bring many sorrows. It can bring sadness when that becomes your goal. See, again, we talked about tithing and how it's motivated by obedience. But first fruits is motivated by generosity. The scripture would speak to us in Leviticus 2 and 12 and say, As for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. It's important to know that these types of offerings weren't meant to be put on the altar for a burnt offering. A burnt offering was offered up due to the shame and the need of your sin to make really restitution and atonement of the sin that you've committed. Whereas the first fruit offering was, was a gift strictly motivated by your generosity towards God. It is a type of gift to give into God, again saying, God, I know I've got needs. I know that I've got bills. I know we all have a mailbox. We all got a post box. And, and it, I tell you what, it just continues to come. Somehow I've moved and yet my bills still follow. All these things happen. The life is, is like anything else. I know that there's a family in here who had a breakdown yesterday. People have problems and issues. There's always going to be circumstances. But when you get into your heart to honor God above everything else, to serve him with your everything, with your muchness, with your, with your might, your soul, your heart, everything about it, it starts with here. It starts with you purposing in your heart that I want to give and bless him. I want to give to God, not because I have to, but because I want to. I want to give the gift that honors him. I, I, I also see in scripture the word or the phrase alms. It's important to note that out of all the giving, out of all the giving listed in scripture, the giving of alms is not offered up to God, but it's offered to men. Scripture does tell us about a set of rules given when giving alms. Jesus would speak about this type of, this rule set in Matthew 6 and 1. He says, I take heed, or sorry, take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou dost thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou dost alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. See, the set of rules of alms is that this, that we must give alms in secret. Why? Why is that so necessary that we give alms in secret? Giving alms in secret protects the person's dignity in times of crisis. There are people in this church that I know that are going through things. There are, I'll tell you this right now. I've went through things and people in this church have come to me and blessed me in secret. And, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm, I give you honor today for how you handled that. And that's exactly how you handle alms. You don't 
blow the trumpet. You don't braggadociously come to a group of people and hand somebody funds and say, here, I just wanted to give you this. No, you pull that individual to the side and say, I love you and I'm praying for you. I just feel the need to give you a gift. I feel the need to just, I just want to bless you today. And I appreciate that type of giving. God really loves that type of giving because again, tithing is motivated by obedience and the first fruits is motivated by a generosity and honor to God. But giving of alms is motivated by your compassion in your heart. Compassion to God is probably the most important thing in his eyes. It is the thing that he initially welcomed us in his world. The reason he made us in his own image is because he had passion to have relationships. The reason he forgave a ridiculous couple backsliding in the perfect place called the Garden of Eden is because he had compassion for their souls. The reason he followed humanity and saved humanity and allowed Noah to build an ark is because he had compassion for souls. You see him and his compassion as he leads and empowers Moses with godly authority to lead his people out of, out of burden and hurt and pain and through the Red Sea as well as through the Jordan and into promise. Why? Because God is all about compassion. Compassion drives God so much so that he loves us enough to robe himself into flesh to come dwell among us making himself secret making himself of no reputation not coming in the robe and the throne that he should come into not coming into the ambiance of angels that he should be coming down into but he came secretly he in the form of God made himself a servant he made himself a man a nobody a carpenter's son born in a manger in an ugly place why because he has compassion on us we will celebrate we will lift up voices and worship together in a full building this Easter why because he he lived he died he rose again because of compassion compassion drives there's something about giving to people that drives some some might say well how is giving alms apart to giving God Jesus would say in Matthew 25 and 40 he'd say and the king shall answer and say unto them verily I say unto you inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren ye have done it unto me we need to understand and, and start attacking our our culture of how we keep things oh man help me lord today because i I don't want to i don't want to step on anybody's toes but i i want you to hear this that you know we all have plans with this stimulus that has come into into our hands i'm not telling you what to do that's not godly i'll allow god to rest on on each and everyone's heart on what to do but it ain't just the stimulus it's my living it's out of how i operate it ain't it ain't just just the, the the free money that they send my way that i give from no I, I want to give because I have a life that, that I've been given I want to give because that's who I am it is my culture it is the way I breathe and when I give to somebody I've got to realize it's like giving to God 
Solomon would write it this way, this rate of exchange, blessing someone in need is blessing God. Proverbs 19 and 17, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. Oh, I love that. I love that every time I pull over to a stop sign and I see somebody with the sign saying, I need money. We all know that, that that's likely going into their alcohol or going into a drug problem or going into whatever we don't deserve or we don't choose I should say that those funds should go into but I'm telling you this when you give to somebody you're not giving to an addict you're not giving to someone who who you should put into a financial class and and and, and deem what those funds are used for you're not the government okay it's not going to COVID relief it's not going to what you choose or deem it's going into the hands of God it's not up to me we need to understand my culture needs to change my mentality needs to change I keep a few bucks on me at all times I I have this uh, um, I have this little I don't care well it's kind of a weird thing I don't really carry a wallet carry a notepad my kids make fun of me I carry all sorts of stuff like that in case I need to write something down, a note down. But I put a few dollars in there in the back. And the reason I do that is because I don't ever want to get to a place where someone approaches me and asks me for something and I don't pull it out and I say, here you go. Here's something. Here's something that I have. This is just waiting for somebody to ask me who's in need. I've, I've, I've had that happen where someone's come up to, to me and a, and a fellow individual. And uh, you can tell this was, this was their shtick. <laughs> this was their mode of operation. They, they had a way of asking and they had a way of explaining how life just has been terrible and all those things. And I... Before he even finished, I take it out and I say, this is, this is the cash I have. And that's the truth. I don't really carry cash. I don't have big cash. I tried to try to break a 20 with Brother Floyd. He actually blessed me. And, and I gave him $6. He gave me 20 I like that rate of exchange. Keep that up. It's like it's exactly what I just preached here. You know, and so... But back to that story where I just gave it as, you know, I handed it over. And I said, man, I, uh, I pray things get better. I pray that things happen that in, in for you. And, and there's times I, I feel led to just, re, just ask them, Do you, would you like prayer? You know, those, those, I found that to be the, the thing that helps the most. But I still give whatever I can. And what I, when, they, when that individual kind of moseyed off to the next group of people he saw and made his aim. I know in my heart, I know in my mind, he has plans for those funds to stay in the life he is. He's, he's probably not going to better himself for those things. But the individual I was with, he just says, yeah, I don't give those types. I don't, I don't give like that. I don't, I don't think I know what he's going to happen. I said, I understand that. I totally get, I, I, I used to be that way. 
But then I got to a place where God convicted me and, and we see in Matthew 25 that there are, there's going to be a real separation. And those who have relationship with God, I want us to hear this. Those who have relationship with God will not know who he is face to face. So much so that, that people will come up to and say, will you help me? And, and our judgment in our spirit in our heart will determine whether or not we give. And, and we say with ourselves what's going to happen. And we can be absolutely right. But it, it matters that we give to God. Because when I give to somebody in need, I'm not giving to someone who is poor, down and out. I'm not strengthening an addict. Right. I'm giving to God. And I trust that God knows all things. And I trust this, that when I come before the, the judgment throne, that when someone looks at me and says, you know what? Did you give when you could give? I'm going to say I gave all. I was there. I was able to give. I, I'm not going. I want you to know this. And my children may not like to hear this, but I'm not going to heaven wealthy. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm spending it all before I leave. <laughs> I, I can't take it with me, so I might as well use it here. I can't, I can't keep, I can't stuff it in, in, in the urn I'm going to be stuffed in. I promise you that. Let me tell you what burns up quick. Money. Bur money burns up quick and so does flesh. It will not last in that urn. It will not last in that coffin. I cannot spend it in eternity. But what I can do is I can earn my grace and my mercy in his sight. And say I've given when I had the option and the opportunity to give. Because I want to give out of compassion. Because that's who you are. When I give an alms to those who are less fortunate than myself, I'm giving, I'm giving it to God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Giving an alms also grabs God's attention. Don't you, don't you doubt that God's not paying attention to the way you give. It can save your entire world. Look at Acts 10, familiar chapter. But look what this man does, a man named Cornelius Acts 10 verse 2, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now he didn't have the upbringing of a Pentecostal. He didn't have the upbringing of, of an Israelite. He didn't have the understanding of oneness and his power and his authority. He was just a devout man who loved God and gave much alms. And God took notice. Jump into verse 4. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms yeah. are come up for a memorial before God. Wow. That's a powerful thing to know. Yeah. That not just my prayers and my weeping in an altar, but the way I give to people in secret, the way I give to somebody with compassion, the way I stop and, and I put away the excuses and say, this is going to go to somebody's addiction. Regardless, I want to give to help somebody because that God took notice took notice and sent a man, an, an absolute apostle, apostle to his front door. Look, jumping down to the end of that chapter, verse 31. 
and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. I want us to understand how important Acts 10 is because this is where God reaches into an absolute wonderful family, but not just the family, but an entire type of people all together. A a Gentile nation that at the time they thought this this truth is only for his people. This truth is only for the the people of God and nobody else. But uh, that that dream comes to the apostle to go there. What prompts that? What prompts the pricking of God's heart? It was the fact there was a man who prayed and and was full of compassion. We cannot stop and, and, and understand that how important it is and how, how valuable it is our compassion is to somebody outside these four walls. I want this to be a culture shift in our church. I want us to be a church that knows that how to give but how to be blessed because of our compassion. I love hearing stories, especially now. I hear stories a lot of, of these churches who are growing and being blessed and they're growing and being blessed because they've decided to to increase in their missions or they increase into their giving and and you hear these awesome testimonies of how when they're in need that uh, for a new building the the community somehow had a a random building uh that that they couldn't get rid of and they end up getting that building it's it happens it happens a lot and as I, as I put together our numbers and think, God, how are we going to walk into our next destination? I think to myself, it has to start with culture here. It has to begin with us saying, you know what? We need to give to God out of a purpose heart. Not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but God loves, he loves a cheerful giver. I want to pause here. I want to ask Sister Bates if she would come up and and, and really she don't have to come up all the way up here. I'll bring the microphone to her, but (laughs) I I want to hear from her. I've asked her to uh, bless us with her testimony on giving. Okay. Um, praise the Lord, saints. Um, when I got the text message from Pastor Hubert, I was like, oh, Lord, I got so many testimonies about giving. Lord, what should I do? So I just prayed about it and say, and God just said, talk from your heart because I'm not one. I test, I give people my testimony when I when God urged me to do. I'm not one for transparent. I'm kind of like, out the door. Don't talk much. And um, I can remember when... Um, Growing up, I was a pew baby, so giving was something I did freely. It was something my mom implanted into us that you give to God and you give freely. And it was something that I did. It was nothing that I didn't have to think about doing. It was just 10%, give your tithes and offering. Plant seeds. I mean, oh my God, the seeds that I still have planted in the ground, I'm waiting to come up. I'm like, Lord, send the rain. (laughs) And um, so um, when my husband and I relocated to North Carolina, I'm one for writing the vision, making it plain, making requests before God and believing everything because that's where I was brought up to do, to believe everything that is in the word of God. Stand on that word no matter what. So I planted and I told my husband, I said, 
between our income, we're gonna make a quarter of a million per year. And that was, to me, that was nothing because I serve a big God. So, and I believe in asking God for big things. And he would look at me coming back out of a Jehovah Witness background. He was looking at me like, yeah, yeah. But fortunately he believed God too because I was in charge of the finance. I was an account. So paying his tithes and offering was nothing. We would pay our tithes and offering faithfully, happily, Church wanted seeds offering. Pastor, we were one of the ones that would stand up and say, okay, we'll give 500, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Because we were debt free. God had blessed. He had opened up windows, pressed down, running yes. over. We didn't yes. have room to receive. So we were, we were happy because I had money. So I was happy. So it was nice to go into store and don't worry about not credit, cash. Cash is king. Pay whatever I wanted to pay for it. Then all of a sudden, bam, this is where Things change. My husband lost his job. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. We're living off a, a six-figure income, and then all of a sudden we're down to less than half of that income. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, Lord, so we had savings, so we're doing good. I said, okay, for the first year. First year went by, he didn't get a job. I was like, okay, what's going on, God? And all of a sudden, savings was depleted. All our cars was paid for. I was driving, I think it was a 750 or 740 BMW IL, and all of a sudden, engine problems. Started depleting my funds. His truck broke down. I'm like, what the world? I almost felt like Job. I was like, what in the world is going on? Health problems, medical bills, bills that we didn't have started piling up. Then I said, okay, okay, we're gonna start activating some of these credit cards again. Started living off of credit. And I can remember my daughter, Coming up into her senior year, it was to the point where I told her her junior, senior, after junior, when she got out of the junior class, I said, go home and visit grandmama for the summer. This is probably your last summer you get to spend with her in South Carolina. I sent her home because like you, Brother Mac, I was like, what are we gonna do for food? We were depleted. I was like trying to pay bills that we created off of one salary, I was like, Lord, I, I, I would cry. I would get up to the altar, my altar at 4.30, and I would cry and pray. And I got to the point where I said, I can't pay my tithes and offerings anymore. I just can't do this. And my mom, I can remember sitting at the table with tears rolling down my eyes, looking at the scripture, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells there in it. And I remember telling my mom, I said, I never had a problem paying tithes and offering. Did it freely, did it from my heart, bless people. And I, and I started asking God, God, I would be in the grocery store. People couldn't pay their grocery. I would buy them for them and say, let me bless you. And you bless me back by accepting them. And I did. And I couldn't understand. I felt like, Joe, what in the world is going on, God? And I said, I can't do the tithes and offering anymore. And I remember my mother on the other end of the phone in South Carolina, she said, baby, you can't afford not to pay your tithes and offering. And I, I was like, what did the world just say? She said, baby, you cannot afford not to pay your tithes and offer. She said, this is the point in your life whether you're going to trust God or not trust God. This is the time when you get on your knees and you pull out that faith and you pull out the word of God and you stand on him. She said, God will provide. So I got to the point where I took my money out of my own hand. We had Tylee up in North Carolina, so every pay period, 
I would, I would just send my money directly out of my account and got rid of it. And what was in there was what we had. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy, how we're going to provide, how we're going to survive. And finally, doors started opening. My husband got a job. God started bringing back, giving back what we had lost. And I said, oh my God, but it was so strenuous when you just didn't know where meal was coming from. We were eating lettuce and I would go in the Dollar Tree and get those fake bacon mix. <laughs> the Dollar Tree became my best friend. And then after a while, I would walk into Food Lion and I would see, man, that mark downside reduced for quick sale. And I was like, oh, I was like, God, $3 for hamburger. I was like, I'll take it, I'll take it. And I started telling my husband, God had those stairs just for me, just for me. And things started, God started turning around all because I became faithful. It was easy to give God when it was overflowing, but it became a issue in my heart when I didn't have it. What do I do? My bills was greater than my income. Give God 10%, give my tithes and offering and plant seeds or you, oh my God, it was great. But I trusted God. It was that small, still voice in South Carolina said I couldn't afford not to. And I thank God that I did because God has started giving back and he started giving more. And I started redeeming, he said, giving me back everything that I've lost. And then out of the blues, my mama said, I just got a promotion. Had a party at work. Oh, senior account got my, my, my cards. I was like, okay, I'm going to meetings. Now I can flap my senior account card now. I'm making more money. God is doing good. My mom said, you have to come home. And I was like, oh my God. I said, come home. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, I needed to be there for her. And I couldn't take on, even I had job offers here in South Carolina, but I knew I had to be home because she was sick and I couldn't take off from work. In North Carolina, I could take MFLA. I was, I was there for 14 years, so I had seniority. So coming home, taking time off was not an issue. Starting a new job, it would have been a problem. So I went to my supervisor and I told him, I said, I need to go home. And he was dealing with a sick mom too. So he said, Miriam, he said, I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a servant's package. You will get your salary every two weeks up until June of the following year. So I came home. I told my mama, God have paid my salary to come home to take care of you. So I'm not going to worry about it. That was God. That was God. That was God. So up until June, the first year I got here, I got a paycheck every two weeks, every two weeks, every two weeks. It was hitting my checking account. So I said, God, wait a minute. So God planted a seed in my heart to start a business. I'm like, oh, Lord. Something I didn't want to do, something I dread doing. I never imagined that I would want to do laundry. I hated doing laundry. That was something I just didn't do in my house. My husband did laundry. I don't want to do laundry. <laughs> so God planted a seed in my heart, and I started a laundry business. So after June, with the pandemic here, and I started my business, and um, I, told, I think I came to pastor, or I said, look, 
my times have changed tremendously. It's not that I'm not paying them anymore. It's just like I'm living off a of business income now. So I said, so I, do, I really want them to know I, I give faithfully to God because I trust and believe God and being faithful. And I said, if I can be faithful to God and be faithful to my pastor, be faithful to my church, God will bless. And now I still believe God for what I want. I'm still believing God for that quarter of a million income per year. And that's still, I'm believing God. And now I'm beginning to pay back tithes on what I have made, used to make plus more. I'm giving, God is beginning to process my business. My business is growing every week, every week, new clients, new clients. I told my mama, I said, um, she said, Lord, the Lord is working. And it was funny because I never advertised. And my daughter was like, Mama, how are you getting all these clients? I said, God, J-E-S-U-S. You have to trust God in everything that you do. If nothing else, stand on the word of God. It may seem dim. It may seem blim. It may seem like you don't have the money. And Lord knows I felt like I didn't. But as my mom would tell me, and I told everyone, you can afford not to pay your tithes and offering from the heart. And it's a hard thing with God. And I said, I just thank God for what he did in my life because I was giving and I, and, and, and I told my husband, I said, I needed my prayer life back. And it took that stricening to get my prayer life back, to get me where I needed to be in my relationship with God. I became a worshiper. I became yeah. a praiser because yeah. when I would be at church, I would do some crazy stuff. I would be running around the church because they just didn't know what I was going through. Yeah. But I was worshiping God yes. because I knew eventually he would bring me out. I didn't know how. I didn't know where it was coming from, but I knew a window would open because his word said it would. Yes. I knew one day I would get pressed down, running over Amen. where room not to receive it. I just still believe God. For everything that I've wrote on that paper, God was still providing, was made. I told my husband, I said, my student loan is going to get paid off. I don't know who's going to pay it off, but it's going to pay it off. And then I heard somebody say in the stimulus package, they get ready to forgive some student debt. And when my number roll up, y'all going to see me running around in the church screaming, God did it. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I um I I like what she said, obviously all of it, but she, she hit on my next point. It's it's about the seed that grows inside of you and the things that you've planted over time that that you don't see it. You don't, you just don't realize that there is a rooting process. There's things that are happening. There really is a divine law of, 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 of putting your time into sowing and also reaping. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing. I love this verse. Right? right? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Yeah. 
That's what she touched on, that those moments where you don't realize you're just doing it because you know that's the faithful thing to do. You trust God. You, you can't afford not to. You, you have a Beautiful. I love that her mom was with us last week, and, and man, she is, uh, I, I'm going to do my best to win her this church. <laughs> she don't know it. I'm praying for her to bit join, because man, she was just, she is she, she just awesome. And she spoke a real word into her daughter's life that don't give up. There is, there, don't faint. Don't, don't let go. You're going to reap all that, all that faithfulness that you did before. Even in the good times. Let me tell you what. It comes in the bad times. Jesus gave attention to this law in his parable of the seed and, and the ground. And find in Mark 4 and 3, says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And we hear in this parable how that sower would sow in different types of ground. But I really just want to end with the good ground. Verse 8 of Mark 4 says, And on other ground, on other fell on good ground, the seed, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty some 60 and some a hundredfold, a percentage back, a, an increase. And giving is sowing. Every time you come and you give into the offering or every time you get on your phone and hit Givelify and, 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 or, or you get back there on that device that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Amen, Brother George? You're sowing. You are planting into his kingdom. You are planting into a soil that is pure, that is perfect, that knows no flaws, that knows no debris. You are sowing into his kingdom. And I promise you this, it will bring forth something in your life. Believe it. Faint not. Trust. You will reap if you sow. But don't sow sparingly. Don't sow unto the flesh. Sow into eternity. And that's exactly what we do here. The issue is some only give seed and offering and they struggle to keep what grows. And it's because it's all part of the cycle. If I don't tithe... If I'm not committed in tithing, then the devourer comes and he eats up all those things that I'm trying to grow, trying to grow the first fruits, trying to grow a crop to God so I can hand it over. The devourer comes and removes that type of offering. If I don't have that, that, that crop, I don't have alms to give to someone in need. But if I start with a purpose heart to give to God in tithing, he keeps back the devourer. He protects and he, he protects my crop that the fruit doesn't give off its fruit until the appropriate time, until the rightness of thereof, until the promotion is at its peak. You will be blessed because it starts with a purpose heart and then it just trickles to everything else. Yeah. It's about culture. Yeah. It's about saying within ourselves, I want to give, uh, not uh, out of just obedience. I want to give to obey. I want to give to honor and I want to give out of compassion. That's what it means to give to God. When I approach my offering, Luke 6 and 38 says this, give and shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with it all shall be measured to you again. See, the giving this giving is motivated by faith and reward. Oh, yeah. 
Giving is always going to be motivated by faith and reward. It's all right to desire the reward, but it comes from faith inside of you. I loved, I loved her testimony, how her mom said, you've got to pull from your faith. You've got to pull from your belief that God is greater than your problems, that God is greater than your need, and he shall supply. I want to end today with my testimony of this church, if time will allow. I... I talk often with my wife on how blessed we are. I am grateful for this body and I'm, I'm going to do my best with telling you a story without offending anybody so it's going to be difficult. I remember the moment we were driving uh, we were so excited that we were um, uh, voted in to uh, take the church. There's such an excitement as a pastor to, to, to have that burden but also have the body say yeah we like you too. Yeah. You know, and I remember Brother Gann, he, he uh, called me, the vote was on a Wednesday. He called me and said, I have some good news and some bad news. And I said, okay. He said, the good news is it was a 100% vote. The bad news is only six people that voted. <laughs> I said, that's all right. <laughs> I said, it's okay, Brother Gann. Um, I'm glad to hear that 100% like me. Um, I can work with that. I can, we'll figure it out. I believe God, God called us there and I just trust him. And um, so we were driving in our U-Haul and Brother Gann called me in the U-Haul and I want you to picture me. I'm it's loud if you've ever driven a U-Haul. It's shaking and it's vibrating. I'm reaching for my phone. I'm like, I'm screaming, hello, can you hear me? You know, I'm a big rig. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, the horn's here, but I, every now and then I just like to do this just it feels appropriate. So, and, and Brother Gann says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone um, with TNT uh, Fireworks. Um, just to let you know, our church does fireworks stands twice a year. We do one around 4th of July and, and one around New Year's Eve. And, and uh, the, the representative of TNT Fireworks is wanting us to know if you want to continue that again. Now, I'm, uh, you got to understand, I've youth pastored for a good while, and I, I have horror stories of running TNT and knowing friends of mine who've run TNT fireworks stands. The way you have to do it is that you're given fireworks in abundance, and you have to guard them with your life for two weeks, 24-7. Right. Meaning you stay and live in a parking lot with fireworks. You cozy up to Roman candles. You you hug on some some uh, smoke bombs and things like that. So no one comes and steals the product. And basically, you you sell it. You you get a really good profit at times, depending on location. Now at this time, I, I said I said, brother Gann, I, I appreciate um, you checking in, and and uh, I, I appreciate. Yes, I, I, that sounds awesome. But I said, Brother Gann, I don't know anybody in the church. I think it'd be weird and awkward for me to see if I could get someone to commit to staying with fireworks overnight for two weeks. And he says, I understand. Just wanted to ask you first. I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up the phone and we later met. We sat right over here in this area because I'll never forget when he handed over the books to the church and um, he said, hey, by the way, I know I told you that uh, there was $17,000 in the church account and um, I know uh, 
at the time, that was a deciding factor in us coming to take the church because we wanted to take a church that was financially stable and um, didn't look bad and, and those types of things. And at the time, when, I, when he told me I got voted in by six, I thought, man, I must be, uh, there must be six millionaires that, that, that voted me in. And so he, he told me, he said, the landlord of this location, uh, she holds back you know, rent checks. And, you know, um, I called her today and just to get a finalize what she hasn't, you know, just following up on checks that haven't come through. We, we have about $3,000 in the bank account right now. And I remember that moment, the gulp that came uh, over my throat in that moment. And I thought to myself, well, that's a different number taking 17,000, you know, a church with 17,000 in the bank to a, a little under 3,000. And, and rent was due in, in pretty soon. And, and rent for this location uh, is $2,300, okay? We were paying at the time $2,100 per month. And I'll explain what, why, because the initially $2,100 was for the first year. It was a three-year uh, lease. So $2,100 the first year, $2,200 the second year, $2,300 each month the third year. But somehow, some way, this church got away with only paying $2,100 for the full three years. <clears throat> and so... Um, my first conversation with the new landlord was, hey, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, it's $2,300 a month this year. And last year was, was $2,200 a month, but you've all been paying just $2,100. I said, well, <laughs> how much do we owe you? And she's like, well, technically, obviously, this next coming month, $2,300 plus a back rent of close to probably a little over $2,000 or so. And I said, that's... I said, well, if you would do me a favor, I, I'm going to pay that. I'm going to make sure we, we, we uh, are a church that covers our, our, our uh, balances. And um, you have my word. We're going to pay for it. So we, we went and sent um, a check-in that covered the rent. I did work it out with her to break it up uh, in two payments. It was around October at the time. I think I said by the end of this year, I will have it completely caught up. And so I, I came here as a young pastor trying to do my best to win a city, had a lot of zeal and uh, a lot of vigor and a lot of, a lot of um, ignorance, a lot of it. And, uh, and I still have a lot of that too. <clears throat> haven't got rid of all that yet. <laughs> and I remember, I remember um, preaching my guts out. And I remember... Uh, trying to, me and my wife, trying to get to a place of understanding what's coming in financially, how can we pay for things. And we got to a place at the end of the year, we were finally paid up, but yet it, we were just not hardly ever making uh, ends meet. And I, I, I give all honor to brother and sister Gan. They blessed us by continuing to tithe from their giving to this church, which was a very substantial amount to help out. Because that's, that's initially how they were able to afford this place. They, were, they, they had a, a, a good uh, living selling water. Isn't that weird? That's okay. something to Philip back there. That's why he's always trying to sell water to me. Angel water. Jesus tears, right? So anyhow, 
they, they continued and they, they let me know, like, listen, we want to give faithfully uh, to, you know, tithe. We understand the predicament you're in and that, you know, we just took over this other church and, you know, we're a big financial picture of that church survival. And we want to, uh, for I think a full year, they committed. And I was just super grateful for it. So I want you to understand this is not me beating up on the Gans at all. This is me giving honor where honor is due. So um, I thank them for it, but still we were just barely getting by because when me and my wife chose to come take this church, we chose to take a, a drastic decrease, uh, a life-changing decrease, and we moved into a two-bedroom apartment and uh, with with two girls, and, and um, it was funny. My parents were excited to see our church and to be a part, and they would come visit. It was just like we stacked each other, you know. Um, we were a stronger house because of it because we were stacked you know the way we were like lattice and and it was very tight very uncomfortable but I didn't the, the rent was high as well we were just throwing money in rent we wanted to buy our house get get away from that so we finally purchased our house and when we did I had this coming to Jesus moment where I realized we're still not making ends meet we're still we're still barely getting by and I said God I I did you call me here or didn't you call me here? Um, did you, did you, why, why would you take us out of good jobs? Why would you take us out of financial security and, and send us on this trip and on this road? And I, I, I was very convicted at that moment that, you know what, maybe I'm that pastor who shuts down this work in Columbia. And I told my wife, I said, I know we just bought this house. But I'm having this like bipolar month all of a sudden that I think it's time for us to start praying about going somewhere else. That apparently everything I'm trying to do, everything I'm trying to preach and teach, and it's not take. It feels like it's just not taking root. I'm just throwing seed, doing what I know to do, but I just I just see the ground doing nothing. I'm like, ah, hopefully I thought we'd see something, a little sprout, something. And so I, I went to her, I said, maybe I don't, I, I'm a firm believer that if something dies or is dying, let it die and bury it. Right. Okay. Cause a lot of times, and this is just how it works in churches. They will, they'll like an idea, like a good idea at first sounds like it's got a lot of life, but it doesn't. And it starts to die and the church will keep it around. And it's just decaying and it stinks up the room. And I said, that's not who I am. I'm, if it's, if, it, if this pastor's dead and dying, then I'm going to bury it. I want to get someone else in here who can pastor this group, great group of people who's got the mojo to do it. And I'm okay with that. If that's not me, then that's not me. I'm all right with that. I just want God to be God here. But God laid it upon me. He said, you need to, he put the word I read. I was reading uh, 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 the story of Hezekiah being being on by Sennacherib. And how this incredible army was demolishing everything in its sight and sends basically death threats to Hezekiah saying, basically, I'm coming to wipe you out. Hezekiah comes to the altar, really, and he takes these death threat letters and he lays them down. He lays them down on the altar and he just kind of says, God, here you go. And God impressed upon me to kind of teach and preach a, a message about that. And I, I 
The few members that were here at this church, I, I requested you to bring, I don't know if you remember, I requested you to bring your mortgages. I requested you to bring bills that haunted you. I requested you to, to bring those things, those, those, those ugly letters that keep you up at night. And you did. You faithfully did. And at the end of that service, I asked us, let's lay them down. I didn't, I didn't want you all to lay them down where people could see them. I just wanted you to be obedient in laying them down before God and saying, God... Here, here's my state. Here's the situation. This world is picking on me. Right. And I took, I took the, um, the lease agreement of this building and I put it down here. And it was the first time I, 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 want, I was very transparent with the church. And I said, church, listen, um, it costs about $3,000 operating costs to keep things going here in this building. $2,300 for, for um, the rent. Um, and the rest of that money was in, in electricity and in insurances. And it was the first time that this church heard that amount. It was the first time really the body knew the details. And so I, I remember closing that service and I, I challenged the, the church. I said, if you would this week, I just believe God's going to be God. I want you to text me the moment you get a, a job promotion or text me the moment something happens, a blessing comes your way because we're going to give honor all the, give God all the glory and all the honor. And that week I had several text messages from people in our church that God was blessing and God was, God was just giving them the increase. And it was, it was that moment, and I, 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 I'm trying not to break down about it because it was that moment where God truly showed me yeah. that right. you, you're going to reap what you sow, yeah. that, right. that you, you're going to trust in timing and trust in those things. And what was powerful is that a wonderful family in this church decided that's the moment that they're going to become givers. Right. And so much so that they gave $26,000 that year. Oh. And it changed. It changed the trajectory of this church forever. And, and the way they gave changed their life forever. I know that. And I, I want to speak to this church and say, you can't outgive God. You can, I know there are people in here who have real fears. We are living in a, a, an economic downturn. We are living in a time so badly that the government's actually giving you free money. And I hate saying that word free because they're... My kids, 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 we're paying it back. And I, I don't like coming to you all and saying, I need you to give. That's not what this is. This is, listen to God prick your heart. Choose to be someone open-hearted about giving. I'm not judging anybody on how they give in here. I, I've said this before, and it's the God's honest truth. I'm not hovering over the books of this church and saying, I know what you do for a living. Where, where's that, those funds? That's not, that's not how I pastor. What you do between giving is up to you and God. Yeah. I, can't, I can't stress that enough. But I want us to all stand today. And I want us to gather in this altar together. And we're going to end this service in unison and in closing together. The, the testimonies that you heard today, and I've had this conversation with someone else my, when my uncle was in town. We love to talk about how good God has been to each other. And I shared him that story 
of the financial structure and the, and the way the church looked when I first took it over. And, you know, I love, I love the stories he would share with me. And, but I love hearing what he said after I share, shared that story. We were actually sitting in the waiting room uh, at the hospital where my dad was recovering from open heart surgery. And I was telling him everything that was happening and, and how, how we got to where we are. And, and I, they called me to go visit my dad. I'm getting up and I remember walking and I remember my uncle saying, Nathan, that was God. He says, no, 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 Nathan, that was God. What, what he did, that's a God thing. It's a, it's a real God thing. And I, I say that, and I'm fighting tears back today. Because I want to live in God moments. I want to live as a church culturally and trust that the church that we're going, the, the, the building we are going to walk into will not be built by us, will not be, will not be together by, by our dollars. It will be because God deemed it so. And God, we will look back and we will see the faithfulness of God, how he's worked through each and every one of us. We will see his, his hand blessing. We will see and feel hearts changing. That we will start giving out of obedience, out of, out of honor, and out of compassion. You will see another level of faith and another level of knowing who God is to you. When you commit to being purposeful in your heart to giving. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know I'm up here weeping before you, but I'm excited to see what God is about to do. I can't. I can't say it enough. I. I, I get. I get so teary-eyed when we're we're, we're putting out. The, uh, we gather the offering and we're getting it ready for for the. Uh, uh, for deposit for the bank and we come across a, a $5,000 check and I'm like God it's happening here people in this church are, are putting into seed into, into good ground I can't stress it enough when you plant, when you sow seed in giving, you're not giving to earthly ground. You're giving to heavenly ground, kingdom ground. There is no better dirt in all the earth. You are sowing seed in eternity. You are sowing and you're reaping a harvest that can't be numbered, that can't be fathomed. That's what we're doing when we sow seed into this kingdom. I'm going to ask us to just... Commit to God right now. If we could, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask us. I want to ask us right now to pray. Not just, just for overwhelming blessings, but blessings that reciprocate. up my hands together with you and say, God, fill my life. Fill my life, God, so I can, so I can fill your kingdom. So I can give out of my obedience and 
I can give God out of hallelujah. I can give to honor you that I can give in a compassionate way to serve you, God. Lord, right now, every hand that's lifted up, funnel, funnel, God, your blessings into our lives. Funnel, God, into our hearts. Change the culture, God, of this church. Help us desire, God, to be kingdom-minded. If you were encouraged by this message, and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 